Hi everyone, it's Alex. Happy Friday. I am so excited because I have started through this thing, Flashback Fridays on the podcast. I recognize that obviously since I was exclusive to Spotify for three years, some of you may have missed some episodes that were only uploaded to Spotify. So I figured let me curate a little uh, a little playlist for you guys on Fridays of some of my all-time favorite episodes that maybe you didn't get to check out or maybe you did listen. But guess what? You're going to listen again because it's just that good. So today I am re-releasing the Kristen Cavallari episode. I am so obsessed with this woman. You guys have to understand, I fucking love reality television. I love TV. I'm just obsessed. And the OOGs of it all is Kristen Cavallari. I remember sitting, binging Laguna Beach, binging the OC and being like, okay, I just want to be Kristen Cavallari. She's so fucking hot. She's so cool. She's so smart. She's so savvy. And she's just a fucking good ass time. And so when I met her... I wouldn't say I was nervous when she walked into the studio, but I think when I have those people that I'm like, fuck, I'm such a huge fan of this person, you want to hope that they're the same as they present online and on the TV show. Daddy gang, when I tell you this woman is exactly how she presents on TV and online, I was so fucking happy. I'm like, thank God. I love you even fucking more now. She's so genuine. She's outspoken. She's funny. She's charismatic. She's beautiful. I was like, okay, Kristen, I fucking love you. So daddy gang, I hope you enjoy. Let's kick off this glorious Friday with the best energy and vibes with Kristen Cavallari. This episode, I will say is so fun. We talk about breakups and relationships ending and knowing your worth and knowing what you want. We talk about you know, we have Kristen and I have one thing. Well, we probably have a lot of things in common, but one thing we have in common is we used to date athletes and she married one at one point. And, you know, they come and go, but uh, we talk about it. So have fun. Enjoy. It's a girl's girl episode. And I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous time listening. Enjoy. Love ya. <laughs> What is up, Daddy Gang? It is your founding father, Alex Cooper, with Call Her Daddy. Are we ready? Okay. <laughs> that laugh. I, I, I'm like, I know it so well. It's like so weird to be in person with you now. Okay, okay. Kristen Cavallari, welcome to Call Her Daddy. Thank you. I have always been a huge fan. Laguna, The Hills, owned all the DVDs, <laughs> would watch with my sister, would binge watch. But another reason I was super excited to have you on was because I follow you on social media. Oh, thanks. I respect everything you're doing, your career, but specifically with your children, you deciding to not really show them and keep that part of their life private. I mean... Thank I really, I really respect it. Thanks. How did you decide to take that approach and protect your children by keeping them off social media? Well, thank you because a lot of people don't understand it. Um, but if you go back to when I first joined Instagram, Camden, my oldest, is on there when he was a baby, a little bit. Okay. And then um, we just decided that we wanted to give them the opportunity to make that decision. You know, my kids may want no part of being known or whatever. And I want to respect that and give them that chance to decide when they're old enough. Yeah. I feel like that's like a huge debate on social media because so many people with social media are posting even like their infants. Yeah. And then there's the debate of like, 
wait, that's kind of fucked up because they don't have a say and now their whole life is going to be documented and then they're going to get to high school and people are going to be like, I have all these Instagram photos of you. But I think it's a a really good decision and I definitely want to do that when I have children. When do you think they'll get on social media? I hope not until they're like 20. (laughs) You're like, I'm not giving them a phone. They're never going to be. 16, I'd say, is probably realistic and, you know, long enough where hopefully they have decently thick skin and can handle some criticism because ultimately like that's my biggest concern with it mm. is just how nasty people can be on social media Ruthless. so yeah and when it's your kids it's like oh, I want to do everything to protect them This episode is presented by Sparkling Ice. Turn up summer with Sparkling Ice. They have over 17 anything but subtle flavors, all made with zero sugar and packed with vitamins and antioxidants. Iced tea and lemonade, strawberry watermelon, tropical punch, peach nectarine. Yum. Crank up the flavor. Sparkling Ice. Anything but subtle. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Some things work so well. It's basically magic. Like my favorite highlighters that I'm like, wow, how did you all of a sudden make me look glowing? And you know what else really works, Dottie Gang? Shopify. It is a global commerce platform that helps you sell. I've seen a big difference in my online merch sales. They are especially good at turning browsers into buyers. I can see someone that's been on the site but didn't check out or someone that checked out and then is revisiting the site. Like if you want to grow your business, Daddy Gang, sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash unwell, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash unwell. There was no social media when you were growing up, but I'm curious, did you have aspirations at all to be on television? I did, and it wasn't really until high school, but um, before MTV came, I wanted to study broadcast journalism and kind of work my way in the entertainment world through hosting. But then MTV came and everything just kind of fell in my lap, and I thought... Well, you know, when I graduated high school, I moved up to L.A. I started at Loyola Marymount. I literally went to one class, like literally one class. And then um, I booked a job on UPN, which you guys probably don't even remember that network, but it was a network back in the day. I was hosting a show. And so my excuse was, well, I'm traveling around the country. I obviously can't go to college. And not that I want to like promote not going to college, Mm -hmm. but it's the best thing I ever could have done. College would have done nothing for me. Right. Because you already kind of had a career set in stone because you started in high school, which is like not normal, especially for like television. Yeah. You're in high school. Now we got to go through it. Okay. (laughs) And MTV picks you to be on their new show. Yeah. What did your parents say when you asked them if you could be on this show? Well, so I was living with my dad in Laguna Beach. My mom was in a suburb of Chicago. Mm -hmm. My mom definitely had reservations because at the time MTV was a little scandalous Mm -hmm. at the time. You know, that was right after the Janet Jackson boob thing happened at the Super Bowl and Um, They didn't have the best rep. And so she was a little worried, but my dad was all for it. And because I lived with my dad, I'm pretty sure I only had to have my dad sign off on it. (laughs) You're like, mom, I'm not even doing it, dad. Why do you think your dad was okay with it? I think he saw the opportunity, you know? I mean, Mm -hmm. he just did. And and 
well, also, none of us knew what the show was going to turn into. No. You know, my dad probably at the time was like, oh, cute, a little home movie. No problem. Have fun. <laughs> Wait, know? it literally probably was like a school, like, school project, dad. No, it just literally. happens to be from MTV. And it's crazy because reality TV really, like, no one had gotten famous from that yet. Yeah. So it was kind of like an undiscovered concept. So I can kind of understand why parents would be like, sure. Yeah, it wasn't like it is today. No one knew, you know. I mean, totally. Obviously, there was the real world at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the simple life had already happened and maybe the Osborne show. But other than that, there was there was nothing really. Totally. So, yeah, we this was uncharted territory. We had no idea. I'm trying to picture myself in high school <laughs> getting cast on a show. I would have failed out. It would have dropped out. No because, way. Dude, you would have been like how me. did you? No, no. you would have fucking crushed it. No, sure, that's the point, though. I would have been like, I'm obsessed. I get to go party with boys. Like, how the fuck? Yeah, did that it was just, me. OK, I was wondering, like, did it fully take over your life oh I mean yeah well yes and no yes in the sense that yes I mean that was like what everyone in Laguna Beach was talking about we filmed every weekend for like nine months or something but because we were still in high school I mean I was actually going to class still and so during the weeks um you know my my life was normal I was going to school doing whatever I was doing and then we would film uh I think sometimes Thursdays but mostly Friday Saturday Sunday when you came out did People that were in your school that weren't on the show treat you guys like no. Okay, different. so what happened was the first season, everybody auditioned, right? Everyone did. Well, and then when those people didn't get it, fuck MTV, oh, blah, that whole thing. And then those people were on season two. And I was like, oh, really? Right. <laughs> fuck MTV, huh? That pissed me off. But I mean, it's understandable. Totally. And then when it aired, the first season aired, I was a senior in high school Talent and I were everyone else graduated went on to school that was the one time the freshman coming in looked at me a little differently mm-hmm. and I was like okay this is weird you talked about the fact that your relationship with your dad was hard to heal in therapy when you were growing up what was that core issue between the two of you well, my dad wasn't around a lot, to be honest. We were living in Connecticut before my parents got a divorce and my dad had moved to Colorado I think I'm saw him maybe like once a month like for a while um and then in Colorado is when my parents got a divorce and my dad shortly thereafter moved to Laguna Beach and I was still in Colorado then my mom got remarried and I moved to Chicago and then my freshman year of high school is when I moved to Laguna moved in with my dad my stepmom who was 20 years younger than my dad and my brother at the time who had also been broken up with okay he moved to Laguna when I moved to Chicago um And honestly, my dad and I were just never close. Mm -hmm. And I just remember in high school, I never wanted to be home. Like, I just never wanted to be around that environment. So that's why I think I fell into, like, friendships a lot and going out. I was kind of the party girl. And I was just, you know, that's where I found connections. Did you want to move to Laguna? I sort of had to because I was getting in so much trouble in Chicago and uh, and I had a major issue with my stepbrother and like all of the pieces just fell into place for me mm-hmm. to move. My mom wanted to ship me off to boarding school and my dad said, let me give it a go. Let me see if I can <laughs> control this wild beast. So I moved to Laguna my freshman year of high school and honestly, the best thing that's ever happened to mm-hmm. me. What were you confident about in high school and what were you insecure about? Well, it's funny because on Laguna Beach, everyone thought I was a super confident kid. Mm -hmm. And now that I've had to go back and watch the episodes for my podcast, 
I don't see a confident girl at all. I see actually someone who's incredibly insecure. You know, they that saying, confidence is quiet, insecurity is loud. Well, I was that, you know? I was yeah. overcompensating for my insane amount of insecurity. And so I think most kids are a mess. You know, most high school kids, you don't know the fuck you are at 17 years old. But I, I think really probably because I didn't have a family member in my life that I was really close to. My, mo- my mom now is my best friend, but at the time we were not close. Mm-hmm. Wasn't living with her. You know, I never wanted to be home. So I think that was probably a large part of it for me. That is really interesting because I think like watching it back, sometimes when you're in your head about whatever your insecurity is for you, you're like, I kind of feel like I'm alone out yeah. here doing my fucking thing. Yeah. You kind of just have to fake it till you make it. Exactly. Was there anything when you were social with your peers that you were insecure about? No, I mean, that's really where I kind of found my identity, mm-hmm. I think. And so I moved around a lot growing up. And I think because I was always the new girl, I was a survivor. Like you could throw me in any situation and I was going to figure it out. I knew how to navigate through situations that's maybe where like the confidence came from because I wasn't someone who's going to like, you know, crawl in the corner and, and suffer. I was like, boom, here I am. Let's go. But I was faking it though. That makes so much sense. I can completely relate to that where you're like, I'm about to walk in this room and I have two options. And so sometimes being like the loud one, it just gets you in the door and it immediately, if you exude confidence, eventually you're going to fucking be confident. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you had to guess. Who would you be now if the MTV cameras never showed up to your high school? <laughs> oh, my God. I love that question. I mean, I think, um, wow, if I was never on Laguna Beach, I probably would have gone to school and, you know, did broadcast, studied broadcast journalism, mm-hmm. hopefully would have worked my way in still. I don't know. I feel like in a lot of ways, I probably wouldn't be as far along on my journey as I am today because ultimately being on TV at such a young age and going through everything I've gone through over the years has really forced me to grow up a lot, I think. The older we get, we realize life is building blocks and everything starts to make sense. And so I feel like just everything that I've been through, like I feel like this was supposed to be my journey. Totally. So I can't It's hard to sit here and be like, well, if not, because I just feel like I was destined for this. (laughs) I think a lot of people are fascinated because, like you said, high school is hard enough. Like high school is such an awkward time. You're trying (laughs) to figure out who the fuck you are. You're dealing with peer dynamics, family dynamics. How did it feel? And I think this is where we all are so fascinated with it because it's really not natural to have grown-ups with cameras in your face like I feel like your scenes were always like you chilling in bed with Alex in the morning like discussing what happened the night before but it's like how did it feel having these grown-ups come into your life stir up drama and kind of like manipulate these storylines to get a good show going when you're in high school yeah, it's a weird dynamic when you really explain it like that. I mean, my whole life I had trust issues, but then really when you're 17, 18, and you have adults taking advantage of you and manipulating situations and in a lot of ways just straight up lying to your face, I mean, that's that'll rock your boat for sure. Trust is like my biggest issue with people, mm-hmm. and so that obviously didn't help that situation. And now that I'm older and I've... I've been on the other side of reality shows, like very cavalier. I was an executive producer, which was the best thing for me to end my reality TV career with that experience because 
it left a really good taste in my mouth. But it was also really eye-opening to be involved in those conversations of like, oh, these are the storylines we're getting. And no matter what you do, they're going to get the storyline they want. So I understand from a producer's perspective, now that I'm an adult, why they do the things they do. They have a job to do. I get all of that. I just think it's a tricky thing when you're dealing with children. I mean, we were kids, you know, that's where it's like, ah, it's tough. It's really tough because in one part, it became one of the biggest shows. And then on the other end, it's like, yo, you're in high school. That's your life. When you say they would lie to your face, can you give us an example of something you remember? Well, so I look at Laguna Beach and the Hills as two very different experiences. Um, Laguna Beach was more just no one really ever told us what was going on or like what they were trying to do. You know, no one prepared us for what was coming. I just remember one producer in particular before it aired saying, well, you know, you can definitely tell that you're not from Laguna Beach. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, what does that mean? And then it came out and I was like, oh, you mean because everyone's going to fucking hate me? And this is so not who I am. You know, but like, I don't know, a bigger heads up would have been nice. How much you guys fucked with me. That kind of stuff. When you say fucked with you, are you saying like they really leaned in to try to make you that villain role? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's why I've really loved doing the Back to the Beach podcast with Steven because we literally go through scene by scene and break it down. And it's been therapeutic for me. It's been eye opening. It's been really fun also just to break it all down because I'm not emotionally invested in in it anymore where at the time I remember Steven being like that's not how it went down but I couldn't hear him or believe him because I was so upset about it and so yeah being able to go back and watch it and just get to the bottom of it I've loved every second of it when you realize like wait (laughs) I look like the villain in this what the fuck did that do to you mentally I was I was pretty wrecked for a while I was so upset I was really upset when I saw the first episode. It it was hard. It was you and Lauren Conrad. Mm -hmm. Essentially, the first premise was like you guys fighting over a guy. Yeah. Did you and Lauren, was it really only over Steven? Or were you two just two personalities that probably would have always butt heads regardless of if a guy was involved? Well, we were never friends, but we never fought or anything, you know? And so MTV coming definitely made it a way bigger thing than it ever was. And Lauren and Steven did have something, but it was before MTV came. And then, of course, MTV caught wind of that. That was like the only thing they focused on. And in a lot of ways, tried to keep it alive. And that was where I felt really threatened. Mm -hmm. And so I put up walls. I was all I knew how to do at age 17. Totally. Um, And so, yeah, it goes back to that thing where I was always a survivor. And so if I felt like you know, threatened and people were like coming after something that was mine, AKA my boyfriend or whatever it was, I was going to get scrappy. I mean, that's just what I knew how to do. (laughs) I have had many of your now castmates on and (laughs) being on Laguna beach and the Hills and getting to like directly interact with Adam DeVello. What was your experience with him? I mean, it was, (laughs) It was never great. I had my issues with Adam without a doubt. And again, I mean, I kind of said it earlier, but I understand now as an adult why he did the things he did. It's not that I agree with them, but I mean, he had a job to do. I think my biggest issue with what Adam did was 
he would create these storylines on the show that were bullshit, but then he would go and feed them to the tabloids. So not only are you living this shit on the show, but then I'm having to answer questions in the tabloids and people are painting this picture of me, which isn't true at all. And again, I get it because the tabloids fueled the show. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's all fine. It's all worked out. Mm-hmm. But um, I... I had my issues with Adam for sure. I don't think he's a good person, but I think he's a great producer. I'm actually kind of upset though because Steven and I were supposed to have him on our podcast and he, you know, had us going around and around and around. And then two days before we were supposed to film, he pulled out. And it's just shitty because A, you could have told us up front. And B, he totally opened up my career, right? Started my career. But we also started his career. Like, without the cast of season one of Laguna Beach, Adam wouldn't be what he is either. So I just felt like, why can't you come on? It's a mutual respect thing. Answer some questions about how the show is created, and we'll call it a day. You kind of made him. Because, yeah, he had, like, the format. But if you guys didn't show the fuck up and do your iconic scenes, like, there was not going to be a huge media mogul moment for MTV in that category. So it's like... Spencer did talk about what happened with Heidi. Mm-hmm. Did you know about that? And do you know? No, because that was before I had come on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, my issue with him was a bribing situation and him uh, creating the storyline that I was doing drugs and was out of control. I partied my ass off in my early 20s. I had a really good time. I don't regret anything. I was never out of control. It was never cause for concern. I was never not showering, which is like what Us Weekly had said, that I needed to go to rehab and all this shit. And so that wasn't cool. I remember that. Yeah. He bribed the girls to call me out on camera for doing drugs with a purse. So, but, and and that was difficult. And Adam and I got in a huge fight about it. And because what I was doing then because then he fueled it to us weekly. I would be on camera filming and I'd be like, I know it was Adam like going around just running right, my mouth. Right. And Adam called me and he was like, you have to stop saying that. I was like, but you did. <laughs> that's also fucked. And I think that's where I think it's fair for you guys. You're not discrediting the show. Even you sit here and you're saying great producer. He knows yeah. what the fuck he's doing. Yeah. But I do think it's fair to clear your name because I was going to ask you that about like, there was that huge sin. I remember with the Hills where it was like, she's on drugs. Mm-hmm. She's spun out. And they like, got you when you like just woke up and they were yeah. the girls were like trying to have an intervention yeah. and I was like is Kristen really on drugs <laughs> intervention and that that <laughs> fucks with you because your kids are gonna watch that one day yeah. like and so I think it's fair for you to be able to at least clear your fucking name with yeah the I, par- I party like I'm yeah. not gonna sit here and say I never did I had a lot of fun yeah and I'm glad that I did I got everything out of my system but it was never I never needed rehab no one in my life was concerned about me like it it was totally under control <laughs> I love that. If there's, if you can be a partier that's under control. But, uh, yeah. And I, yeah. So, and I just hope that Lo learned you always have to get that shit in writing, you know? Because mm. she never got her purse. She didn't? No. Stop. <laughs> what What kind of purse was it? I don't even remember. I want to say it was a Birkin. It was Shut a Birkin. Shut the yeah, fuck up. Yeah, it was a Birkin. Up. Yeah, but you got to get that shit in writing. Absolutely. Uh, I would have been like, give it to me first and then I'll show up. Exactly. Damn, no Birkin for Lo. Sorry, girl. And no rehab for Kristen. Hope it was worth it. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Some things work so well. It's basically 
magic. Like my favorite highlighters that I'm like, wow, how did you all of a sudden make me look glowing? And you know what else really works, Dottie Gang? Shopify. It is a global commerce platform that helps you sell. I've seen a big difference in my online merch sales. They are especially good at turning browsers into buyers. I can see someone that's been on the site but didn't check out or someone that checked out and then is revisiting the site. Like if you want to grow your business, Dottie Gang, sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash unwell, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash unwell. When you look back, young Kristen is like in that moment, cameras <laughs> around. What were the perks of having this show in your life? Yeah. And then what was like <clears throat> the most negative part that you look back on now with perspective? I mean, the perks were, it was fun. I would get phone calls being in, you know, whatever class during senior year and MTV would be like, hey, can you fly to New York tonight to be on TRL tomorrow? I'm like, yes, absolutely. Like, that stuff is fun, you know? I mean, so there was a lot of cool things going to the MTV VMAs and all that stuff was really fun. I mean, I was still in high school, so it's not like I was getting great dinner reservations and stuff, you know? But when I graduated high school and moved up to LA, yeah, like I never waited in a line at a club or a restaurant. Like that was, it was fun. It was very, very fun. Um, And then the biggest downfall, I'd say, and, well, I guess, okay, more so back in the day was the tabloid world, that aspect of it. Now, I'm not so much in the tabloids like I was back in the day, but what I don't like now is every time I feel like I do an interview, like what they take, they'll take nothing and turn it into headlines for clickbait. And that shit really pisses me off still. Like I just did another podcast and we were talking about dating and I guess we were talking about Instagram. Um, and I said that I only noticed the verified ones because they go to the top. Of I'm course. not like, and we were like joking around. So now all these fucking articles are like, Kristen's using Instagram as a dating app. And it's like, no, I'm not. That's not right. what I was saying. Yeah. Right. No, I do. I totally get that. Like the spinning of the words and it almost makes you like not want to do shit. Makes me not like, want to talk. Mm-hmm, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm, which I think you do love to talk though. I so know, like, but I feel like in the last few years, I don't talk as yeah. much because I. I'm not people probably don't know this about me they probably think I love all the attention I actually don't unless it's for something positive like my company like Uncommon James or something then I'm like all right that's great but I really I don't care about being in the press or the tabloids I really don't is MTV paying for everyone's therapy they should be (laughs) but no they didn't offer no and actually Steven told me on our podcast that they gave him a speech coach and I'm like really because I probably needed one out of everybody and they didn't offer me that (laughs) they offered him we back when he was in Laguna yeah did he need a speech coach I didn't think so I did (laughs) I'm like like, that would have gone against the character they wanted me to be (laughs) right like rough around the edges like wild Kristen (laughs) how do you think having your first relationship like serious Mm -hmm. first love and relationship air on TV impacted your future relationships oh um I don't think my relationship being on camera affected my future relationships. Mm -hmm. I think just being in the press then affected my future relationships. And again, it goes back to that whole trust thing. Unfortunately, I've had to be careful with guys that I date because a lot of guys, or what I have found Mm -hmm. is a few different things. They get a little taste of fame and they lose their mind. They become addicted to it almost. Or it's really threatening for a lot of guys. So then they want they get really jealous and insecure about it. So that's been really tricky for me. Wait, when you say they get addicted, like how can you immediately tell like, oh, fuck, he's turned? 
It takes me a second. <laughs> right. Um, you can just tell, like, or what I can't fucking stand is when a guy will plant breadcrumbs. You know that saying, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. on Instagram. Like, I dated a guy. I dated a guy who would come to Nashville and he would like tag the location and I'm like why you've never tagged a location in your life why are you now that shit I can't stand because it's so purposeful like Uh he's looking to kind of be like I hope this gets picked up by someone and I hope there's an article like are they seeing each other like you're disgusting right you're like I don't even know you that well we're trying to get to know each Uh other like before we actually start dating like chill the fuck out or what I've noticed if if it's not about the guy, the attention. Mm-hmm. They do not like that. So then they're like, oh, you know, like, totally right, ego I'm like, it's like, because it's not about you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so you married someone that was famous mm-hmm. and was in the public eye. How did you meet Jay Cutler? So I, um, well, I got a call from my publicist in 2009 when I was still filming The Hills and he said, Jay Cutler wants to fly you to Chicago and take you on a date. And I had no idea who he was. Um, and I just wasn't interested, quite mm-hmm. honestly. So I said no. I obviously told my mom about it, though, because a year later I was visiting my mom, who lives in a suburb of Chicago. And we were going to a Bears preseason game with my cousin for actually my friend Matt Leinart, who was playing on the opposing team. Mm-hmm. And my mom said, you know, didn't Jay Cutler ask you out? And I was like, oh, yeah, I totally forgot about that. My cousin, who was like the biggest Bears fan, told me what an idiot I am. So long story short, I got his family passes to meet him after the game, thinking I would never talk to Jay ever again. And, you know, but my cousin would be like over the moon about it. And he walked in and he was a lot cuter in person. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we hung out two nights later. And then honestly, we just moved so fast. I mean, we got engaged after eight months and it just moved. (laughs) What initially attracted you to him? So at the time, I remember my life felt very claustrophobic living in L.A. I couldn't leave my house without a million paparazzi every day, and I just was over it. Um, Every guy in L.A. I felt like was a little bitch, to be completely honest. And I wanted someone who could, like, be the alpha, because I felt like everything in my life, I was always the alpha, so I wanted to be in the passenger seat for once. Jay checked all of those boxes, and, and honestly, we just had chemistry. Like, you can't pick and choose who you like like you know what I'm saying and so we just had that spark and uh and yeah so with where I was at at the time in my life it was he was perfect for me I wanted to discuss dating an athlete and marrying an athlete because I've dated I was gonna say a few I've dated a lot of athletes okay (laughs) everyone knows I've dated a lot of athletes had serious relationships flings whatever and they're an interesting breed yeah was Jay, your first professional athlete that you dated? No. Mm-hmm. I have a few under my belt so as well, So you kind of already knew kind of the game. <laughs> yeah. You know, it helps when you have them under your belt because you kind of know. I get that world. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so well. So well. You have like the whole playbook ready to go. <laughs> like musicians, fucking insane. I won't go near another one. But athletes, I could do that world. Oh, yeah. they're all the fucking I can do thing. that shit in my sleep. Absolutely. <laughs> what were some of the perks of dating a pro athlete in your mind? Well, in Chicago, I mean, he was a huge deal, you mm-hmm. know, and so it was like instead of me always having to get a dinner reservation, like Jay could fucking do it like dumb shit like that, though. But it mattered at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, life was just it was easy and fun with him. Totally. You know, did you fit in with the other players wives? Yeah, I did. You did. I did. 
See, I didn't as well because they would want me to go to a luncheon or like. There's a lot of that shit, which I wasn't a fan I couldn't of. do. No, but like, yeah, we all got along. You got along. Yeah, yeah. But maybe you weren't like at all the luncheons with like. The oh, God. No, I don't think I went to a Bears luncheon until like my last season there with them. I was See, like, all right, They I'll would go. always ask me and I'd be like. <laughs> Ladies, I got to go to work. Yeah, and they'd well, be like, but we have a luncheon at noon on Wednesday. Yeah, you're like, like, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, but they are sweet. They are they sweet. Are. So you got what along. I found was most of them had been together since they were like 18. So many of yeah. them. Yeah. And I guess I get it. And I think that's where maybe it was cool because you had a different dynamic where like a lot of them try to stay with the people that knew them before they got big. Right. And you and Jay had a different dynamic because you both were big in your own right. So there could kind of be this just mutual like we both have our own things going yeah. on. That yeah. makes sense. What were some of the hardest aspects of being married to someone whose job is to play football? Well, I mean, I love someone who has their own shit going on. So that was great. But I think the hardest part was watching him get the shit beat out of him week after week. You know, football is a really tough sport. And so that was difficult, especially after we had kids, too. You know, then things just become even more serious. But um, other than that loved the schedule loved him traveling loved him go like I please go do you you know yeah I also feel like football is like one of the better schedules it's like, not bad at all baseball it's like I'll see oh, you never bye. also bye. that's why they have girlfriends in every city every yeah. single uh-huh. city they would always call it like road beef and I was uh-huh. like excuse me why are you saying this in front of me and my boyfriend's <laughs> friends would always be like our road beef in like Minnesota I dated a baseball player who actually sent flowers to me and one of my friends on Valentine's Day I mean this is so long ago but um yeah I was like oh <laughs> like they have no too? shame cool. no yeah. shame no shame they're yeah. like what no literally and totally told me he had a girlfriend up in San Francisco like I mean oh yeah I was like oh okay well they hey no there's shame. something about the honesty like, well, wait you- they're like but like she's my girlfriend in that city yeah, you're like you're here what yeah. why no did you ever worry about Jay's behavior on the road when he no. was gone I didn't. And that's why football is actually a good sport because mm-hmm. they're gone for one night. Mm-hmm. They have curfew the night before. It's the night before a game. Mm-hmm. As soon as the game's over, they get right on a plane and come home. There's no room. There's, There's no, no room I mean, for listen, they do yeah. and they have and they will continue to. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I didn't have any reason to suspe- suspect. How did the dynamic of your marriage change once Jay retired? I mean, it actually kind of didn't. Mm-hmm. And we started very cavalry right away. And okay. so um, it kind of, it didn't. He was just around a lot more. <laughs> okay, so you guys were getting to spend more time. A lot more time, yeah. Initially, when you got engaged, you postponed the wedding. You said one of the reasons was you didn't want to be a stay-at-home wife. What made you think that you would have to be staying at home if you got married? I mean, it was so much bigger than that, though. I think I probably said that at the time to, like, say something and move on. Mm-hmm. But um, basically, I ended the – or I called off the engagement the same reason I got a divorce. Same reasons, I should say. And so I guess if there's any takeaway from that is you can't ignore red flags. People don't change. And you got to trust your gut. I was 23 when I met Jay. You know, I was a baby. And at the time in my life, getting married and having kids was the next natural step. I'd gotten everything out of my system. And I don't regret anything at all. Mm -hmm. And I really am thankful for our time together. But, um, yeah, I just think, you know, now I'm so different dating. I see shit a mile away. And now it's like, no, I'm actually not going to put up with that. Because you know what it is now for me? It's a huge turnoff. Instead of being like, oh, well, you know, maybe he'll change. Maybe we could fix him. It's like, nope, 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 nope. Goodbye. Totally. I don't have time for that anymore. You say it wasn't because of loss of love that you guys got divorced, yeah. but because you couldn't be in a toxic relationship anymore. 
what was toxic about it? So here's my only thing. Because I have three kids with mm-hmm. him, I'm very careful about what I say. Totally. If you and I didn't have microphones in front of us, I'd fucking tell you. But, you know, that's their dad. And my mm-hmm. oldest Googles us now. And I just want to be very careful. My mom never said anything bad about my dad growing up. And I really respected that. And I want to be that kind of mom. And even if I don't say anything, the headlines will say I fucking trashed him somehow. So I just... You know, it was toxic. I think period, end of story. That's all I kind of need to say. When did your family and friends realize? Forever. They did? The oh, okay. Because I, mean, yeah. I know sometimes you can, like, try to hide it because well, I... Actually, yeah, okay. I, I kind of hid it from some of my friends. My yeah. mom knew every step of the way and my best friend, Stephanie, um, who's in Chicago. But, like, Justin, my best friend, he didn't realize it until he moved to Nashville and then he saw it firsthand. When you get to a place where you are trying to hide stuff from your friends or your family, that's also a red flag for yourself totally. of like, why aren't you telling your friends? It's so true. It's and then so it's true. like to get out. And then it's almost harder once that you're so deep in it by yourself mm-hmm. that then to you're try a to lone t- ranger just yeah. like on your own island. And then you're like, how do I even tell my friends? Because I've been faking this for so long. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're saying you, your family knew. So you weren't fully alone. Yeah, my mom knew. My mom knew. And, you know, because uh, my mom went through some similar stuff with my dad. She was actually the perfect person for me to have. because She understood what I was going through. And so that... That was good. I also think it's really important if you do have issues with your your dad for girl, you know, obviously for girls especially, to work through that shit before you get married because otherwise we end up with our dad. When you think you have any fucking issues with just even like your family, yeah. your parents, that shit, if you don't work on that, <laughs> you're about to turn right around and do the same fucking exactly. shit. Yeah. And so it can be a little bit of like a daunting process, but you have to work through it or you're going to marry your father. Exactly. When you are breaking up with someone mm-hmm. it fucking sucks yeah. even if you no matter what side you're no on. matter what side. yeah and what is worse especially with social media is like it's hard to see someone move on yeah how did it make you feel or does it make you feel like if you still see or when if he's like out with other people like I hope that he finds someone yeah I really do I mean I want him happy yeah. my kids benefit from that you know so I hope that he gets remarried and I I mean I really do obviously the first time I heard about it it stung a little yeah yeah, yeah. that's anybody you know but totally and I'm friends with almost all of my exes and I I I think that that's a good thing like I really value the time I've had with everybody I've learned from every relationship I've had and I really want all of my exes to be happy and be in a great relationship for young women listening, it's fucking hard to end something mm-hmm. that, especially I'm sure when you have children, like you have deep ties with someone, there is love there because what you've created, the world you've created with this person. But when you know something's not right for you, mm-hmm. how did you like mentally work through ending it officially? Because that yeah, it's scary. is hard. It's really scary. I mean, it took me a few years to actually pull the trigger, to be honest. For you, was it just time or were you finally like, okay, something happened, like now I'm going to do it? No, it was more just time. It was like nothing major happened at the end, you know, it was just time. And I remember always asking my mom, like, well, how am I going to know? And she would be like, you'll just know. And I did. I just kind of knew. And, you know, it's the scariest thing. It's also the saddest thing. I mean, it's so many emotions but it can also be the best thing you know and so 
I really don't think anything good comes easy, really, like with anything in life. And so, but also you don't want to like just make an impulsive decision either. And I think that's why it's important to write it out. I've also seen couples that have worked through shit and come out on the other side, you know? So, I mean, you, I think with any relationship, you just have to realize what are deal breakers for you, what's important to you and what's not. And I was really unhappy. I mean, and that was the bottom line. And I was in an unhealthy relationship. And so that to me is not worth it. <laughs> also, I didn't want my kids thinking that, that was normal. And, you know, I wanted them to see me happy and see me eventually, not right now, but eventually see me with someone who really respects me and treats me the way I need to be treated. Okay, you are now recording a Laguna Beach rewatch podcast with your ex-boyfriend in high school. I don't know if I could ever fucking sit down with my ex-boyfriend and be like, let's, and also the fact that you have to rewatch it, it's like, holy fuck, do you see yourself ever hooking up with Steven again? <laughs> no, I went to dinner with him um, almost two years ago and we kissed, which was fun. I mean, we had had a couple drinks and yeah, we were, yeah, it was just fun, you know? Right. And then um, I was actually dating someone at the time, you know, I'm just making up for lost time. And so I think that was kind of what the issue was, was that I was dating someone else and um, it just kind of just didn't turn into anything. Do you feel like you guys are like, because you know how everyone's like your first love, like, yeah. do you think there's any way you would explore it again <laughs> no I really once I'm done with someone done. I'm done it's like a light switch that. flips and I can't go back are you guys having that moment I actually feel like this is something I would think about in high school it's like are you guys having any of those moments where together you kind of regress back to the high school version of yourself <laughs> together because you do you even know adult versions of each other well, we've kept in touch and okay. we would hang out a little bit before okay. I got married and stuff. But um, and I think had we not gone to dinner almost two years ago, I don't know that the podcast would I don't know that we would have. Well, I'm sure we would have had the same chemistry, but mm-hmm. it put me at ease because I was like, I know that we still can, you know, banter back and forth, have fun together. So that was a good thing. You need to take us through the last date you went on. Okay. Uh, where did you go? Did you like the person? Kristen, give us the tea. This is a good story, actually. Okay. okay. Tell Talk us. Okay. Here we go. So I hate actors, you know. No. Like, I've always known that. Like, in my early 20s, I went out with a few, and I was like, they're the worst. But an actor asked me out. I was like, all right. So this was in L.A. This was probably, like, two months ago. And... Went to Laurel Hardware. God, okay. I hope he doesn't hear this. It's okay. It's fine. I've gone on dates there too. Let's just pretend it was me there, but you there. Who was it? We don't know. Keep going. Laurel so, Hardware. That's okay. a good place for drinks. So he was slamming drinks, like slamming drinks. And then at one point he was telling me he does his own stunts. We were sitting at the bar. Okay. It's fucking packed. He gets up to reenact a stunt that he had done accidentally runs into the waiter and is like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was like, please sit the fuck down. I can't. Just creating all this commotion in the middle of Laurel Hardware. I am so turned off. You did, He tried to do a stunt? Reenacting a stunt in the middle of a packed restaurant. 
I was like, pl- I, please sit down. Also, please like, just down. drawing so much attention. That's what I'm like, oh my god. Also, why are you doing a stunt in Laurel Hardware? Sit the fuck down. And to no. confirm, anyone that's not from LA, that is a <laughs> packed bar. It is not a hardware yeah. store. Thank no, you yeah. very much. It was awful. So then, did you talk to him afterwards? He's texted me a couple times, and I can't be. I can't just like go someone, right? But I give him like a one word response. I don't even know if we're in a serious relationship. Dude, literally. (laughs) Okay, so you're just kind of like, I get that. Wait, why do you think you can't ghost someone? I'm too fucking nice, which people would not know Uh about me. I'm too nice. Really? Yeah. I wouldn't want to be ghosted either. I would actually appreciate someone just being like, hey, you know what? You're great, but like didn't feel any chemistry. Totally. Which I said that to another guy. I was like, hey, I didn't feel any chemistry. And his friends were making fun of me for weeks about it. I'm like, I actually thought I was being like mature, not wasting anyone's time. I love that. What can they say to that? Exactly. Uh, He deleted my number and told all of his friends and everyone was making fun of me. I'm like, okay, well, that's, thank you for validating why the fuck I don't like you. Right. And like, (laughs) I'm an adult and like, sorry, you couldn't take the fucking truth. I'm I'm trying not to waste anyone's time. Like, let's move on. If you are not having a good time on a date, because I feel like this is me and I'm wondering if it would be you. They won't know that I'm not having a good I know. time. I'm going to like people please it up and be like yep. laughing. And then he's going to think we're leaving and I'm having the best time. And I'm not going to want to uh-huh, talk to him. Uh-huh. Can, are you, do you give signs on a date if you're not into it? <sighs> I know because that's the same thing. Like I'll fucking show up to the party, you know. Right. But what I've been doing is I won't go on dinner dates. Oh, I will okay. get a drink. Smart. They usually turn into dinner mm-hmm. because again, I'm too fucking nice. But <laughs> <laughs> like, like I can't this guy who was acting out Jonah. stunts. Got dinner with him. I'm like, what am I doing? You're like, let's get the ravioli. Oh Dude. Like, I gotta go home. Fuck. Christy. Yeah. So, because I know, because I need to come up with a better game plan. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. oh, well, I have an early morning, you know. Right. Actually, this is another funny story. I almost want to say who I was with. Please. In my early 20s. Okay. You have to on Color Daddy. Come on. All right. I'll say it. Don't say it. It's in your early 20s. <laughs> almost, this is going, don't say it. All right. I'll tell you the story. So I went on a date with a guy. This is my early 20s. Okay. Height of my partying career, right? Okay. He was vegan and he was sober. And I was like, um, one or the other, right? right? Pick one. Pick <laughs> Preferably one. both, but or like be both. So I was like, I have an early morning. Well, sorry. Went back to his house, made out with him on his bed. I was like, I have a really early morning tomorrow. Got to, you know, changed in my car, went to Hyde. I'm such a dumbass. Of course, there's paparazzi. The next no. day he was like, my friend saw you at Hyde. I was like, oh. Really? Oh. You're like, it's so crazy. I was on my way home and I got an email that the event in the morning was canceled. So I thought you were asleep. I'm going to go to hide. I felt so Stop. bad. I felt so bad. And he's really cute. But like oh. at the time in my life, totally. like, I'm eating meat and I'm drinking a lot of alcohol. Like, a lot. We can't do this. No, that, I actually respect the honesty, though, because I have done something similar where like, if they're just not on your wavelength, and especially when you're in your early 20s yes. and you're like, I am going to every club. Yes. I want to be known at that club. <laughs> my, my job <laughs> is to go out right now. I don't <laughs> think you understand that. <laughs> and so it's like, even if they're a great guy, maybe if you met him later By on. By the way, if it's I, like, oh, well, I've seen him not that no. long ago, but like great guy, totally. you know, like just not meant for you. No. <laughs> you were more interested in getting fucked up at Hyde. And I, I wanted to go to Hyde, man. Okay. Sloshed. <laughs> Can you tell us? Who is the most famous person you've denied? Denied? <laughs> oh, God. Um, what about initials? <laughs> Your publicist is having a panic attack. I, what about here. tell us the profession? Um, 
I didn't deny a lot of people back in the day, to be honest. Um, <laughs> you're like, did you just hear I'm a people all, pleaser? You're famous? I'm staying on the date <laughs> sure. with the guy doing the stun. Alex, everyone's I had getting dinner a- with him. All right, fine. No one's getting denied. Okay, how about this? You see someone on Instagram you find attractive. Okay. How do you vet these people to see if they're worthy of you DMing them and pursuing them? I won't DM. You don't? No, I won't make the first move on Instagram. Why? Um, okay. So where I'm at currently in my life, I want to be pursued. I want to be fucking courted. I want the man to put in some fucking effort. And I think because guys now, so again, I was married, I was with Jay for 10 Mm -hmm. years. This is my first time dating in the social media world. Like it's a fucking shit show out there. I hate every second of it, but guys are lazy as fuck now. And they're always looking for the next best thing. And so it's like, no, I'm sorry. I don't have time for your little bullshit anymore. Like let me see how serious you are and put in the effort. So, no, I'm not making the first move. I've said, ladies, if you want something, slide the fuck in. But where you're at in your life also kind of dictates what you're going to do. So for yeah. you, I totally hear you. We're like, I'm not, I'm going to sit on my couch, drink my tea yeah. and wait for the men to come in. And if they're not fucking sayonara, fuck bitch, yeah. like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Okay. I think that's a good the energy. The one thing I did do was um, I went to a show and I posted a story of this musician who I did end up dating. So he saw Fine. it, DM'd me. So like that in a roundabout way is yeah. kind of like but making like, a pretty but casual. Not, yeah. I yeah, like that. Yeah. That's a good way to do it. Yeah. If you were going though to slide into someone's DMs, okay. let's pretend like something hits you on a Sunday night. <laughs> the kids are gone. You're bored. You're like, maybe I'll give it a try. What you. is, what is, well, Chris- he's gotta be fucking hot. Okay. Right? True. I but mean, wait, what are you going to slide in with? If you oh, had to, okay. if you like, had what's to. my pickup line, what would you say? Hey, <laughs> hi. Chris is like, I'm so lazy with it. Hi. Period. Oh, okay. This is a fun game. Like, oh what God. What would I say? Um, it really depends on the guy, the mm-hmm. situation where he lives. Like if he lives in Nashville, like it would be different than if he lived in LA, right? Totally. So it would be I don't know. Like shit, I don't I don't know. Cuz like Nashville you could be like something about like like do you go to like exactly. something about like, something like dumb location? Like that. Yeah. yeah. Or like, hey, like, like, are you in Nashville? Like, yes. something like that. Yeah. If they're in a different state. Yeah, then it's like, LA, I come out here quite a bit. So I yeah. could be like, I'm going to be in LA and blah, blah, blah. blah. Like, yeah. what are you up to? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like do that. have good game. Like, oh, that we know. I know. We know. Thank you. We watched I still it. still got it. For- <laughs> <laughs> you didn't that, need like, to I do know that. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, I think that's the best part. I remember watching on the hills when you came back and you with Brody, he was like drooling because it was just like, you know how. How to Sweet get Brody. the guy? Sweet Brody. Love him. Do you think that would ever go anywhere ever again? No, I just saw him actually, and I met his new girlfriend. Oh, nice. I love Brody, yeah. but no, Brody's no. the only ex I ever went back to, though, and it was because mm-hmm. I was filming The Hills. Interesting. Although um, on the show we didn't actually date, but we hung out a little bit. I can't remember how it all, but. What you saw on the show was all bullshit. Like, he and Jade pretended to break up, but they never actually did. Like, all that. Dude, those fight scenes. <laughs> I was like, Kristen, how do you get yourself riled up to just scream at these? Is it easy for you to get riled up, though, when you're filming now? Not anymore. But, yeah. like, back in the day. Oh, yeah. When you showed up, I forget the scene, but you showed up. Oh, my God. I remember your hair looked great. You were looking great. <laughs> you showed up, and you're like, you want to fuck Oh, my God. That that scene. Scene. You came the in piranha. like, fucking piranhas. 
God, I know. I was hammered. I watched that back and I was like, oh, my, Heidi and Spencer was my first day really filming. Heidi and Spencer came with bottles of tequila and it just went south. And when they showed you know up with the tequila. You know what I was mad about, though? So before I started filming, Audrina and I talked about how we know that they want us to fight and, you know, they want you to go after Justin Bobby and we're not going to fall for that shit. I was like, yeah, no, we're not. Woo. Right. And then we're filming and she comes up to me and picks a fight. And I was like, what? Oh. I said, so, that's why I was like, so it's going to be like that? So I was like, what the fuck? We just Dude, had this conversation. That makes so much sense. Oh my God, I forgot that. So it's going to be like that, yeah. really? Yeah. You and whatever came I was back, like, like, fucking pro. Am I crazy? Fuck all of you. It's like, game on. <laughs> that actually makes a lot of sense how you got that riled up in that yeah. scene. Guys, just Google Kristen Cavallari. <laughs> you came at me like fucking piranhas and you will watch the glorious moment that Kristen almost loses her shit. But it truly was such an iconic moment. And also, that's so good to know you were handsome because that line was so yeah. iconic I'm better when I have a little buzz mm-hmm. like that shit just comes mm-hmm. out of my mouth see sometimes people look like idiots Kristen's like give me a fucking tequila and I will rock I your perform fucking way room. better <laughs> I love that okay when you're looking at someone's Instagram now that you're learning how to date with social media what is a photo that laugh guys I can't I feel like I've heard that since I came out of the fucking womb I'm obsessed it's the giggle it's the cute one also where the guys are endeared and then it's also like sinister for women be like oh my god is she gonna cut my face She's off or do i love gonna her kill me <laughs> <laughs> okay wait if you're going to a guy's instagram okay. he dms you you're like okay what could be a photo that you see that you're like absolutely not like a shirtless selfie the model photo it's like <clears throat> yeah like sorry I gym can't. selfie yeah no we don't need to see it no be a man mm-hmm. a manly man who's not taking fucking shirtless photos in the mirror i agree we don't Flexing your abs. we don't I'm need like, to see cool, it cool bro <laughs> no I, one cares i i agree with you <clears throat> mine were um the fishing photos when they're like holding the big fish in the photo and i'm like sir what I love the that's fuck? your thing like oh. i just can't i just i can't take oh, it i'm so from the northeast great. i just I can't, to be honest i would actually love to find someone who's not on social media or maybe they have one but like they really don't post that's you know the goal. like that kind of stuff that's the goal yeah when i met my boyfriend and i was like what show me your instagram and he was like i don't have one and oh, i was see? like I was like, like I will marry you. You officially have a second date, yeah. buddy. It was See, that was so nice. You're gonna find it. You're yeah, gonna find it. I think so too. Um, does someone's prior dating history in the industry affect if you're gonna pursue <clears throat> them? I would be lying if I said not at all. But if you've dated some fucking trash buckets. Yeah, it kind of stands out. <laughs> Give us the definition of a trash. Just like a trashy girl. Got it. Yeah. Like that. Because huh. then I'm like, why would you be into me? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm a fucking saint, but you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying I'm not trashy too, but I have like my own category. Of no, no. But I get what you're saying. If like you can tell the vibe of someone, if they're mm-hmm. dating someone completely different, like you're like, I have my business. I have my kids. Like, I don't got time to bullshit. Exactly. Like, I'm just at a different phase in my life. The shit I put up with when I was 21 is totally different totally. than I will now. What is a non-negotiable for you now in a potential partner? A non-negotiable is someone who cannot take any accountability and who is insecure. I mean, honestly, I need someone who is so comfortable in their own skin because that's been the crux of most of my relationships. That makes sense. Yeah. Like you can't, I've had that before too, where it's like, because then it comes to you just constantly having to build them up mm-hmm. and you're like, and they're threatened by everything in my life. Everything. And it's like, I can't, I don't have time for that. anymore. I can't babysit you. Yeah. Would you date an athlete again? 
It's not at the top of my list. I, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not looking for one. They like me for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wouldn't rule it out, but I'm not looking for that. And I would love to get, I mean, I'm fucking 35 now. Like they're all a little young for me now. I've been attracting a lot of guys in their twenties though. I don't know what that's about. I don't know what's going on. I mean, Kristen. I've just decided though, like thirties at least. Okay. Like in my perfect mind, I'm like 45, a businessman, not oh. on social media. No one knows the fuck they are, but that's just not what I've been attracting. So I don't know. But maybe you're also at a point in your life where like, since you're newly single and you're getting out there, like maybe that's also, it's gonna shift but like yeah. you're giving some great energy that like the young bucks are like Kristen. I know I'm like, I'm like you guys know I have three kids right okay like, mm-hmm. cool I just want to throw that out there it's like, <laughs> like turning them on even more you're you like know, it's like a 26 year old just asked me out I was like 20 fucking sound like you're hot but no <laughs> like I can't you're like are you going to hide tonight I bitch? Like, I've been there done that man I can't okay if you could go on a date tomorrow with any person of your choice okay who would it be like maybe Alexander Skarsgård. Is that how you say his name? Who is that? Oh, Wait. Google him. Someone Google him, please. Big Little Lies. Lies. Yeah. I mean, maybe his character wasn't the best <laughs> in that show, but you know, he's hot, been in other hot. shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to. I'm not into that off of that character. <laughs> You're like, it's not because of the character; it's because of him, guys. Like, don't wow, get it you really worked through your shit. <laughs> no. Okay, that's that's a good answer. Okay, as we wrap up. You are everywhere. I feel like when I was prepping for this interview, I'm like, I can't keep up with Kristen Cavallari <laughs> enough. Do you feel exhausted by the fact that your income and your job is slightly dependent at times on you being in the public eye? Yeah, I do. Because honestly, <clears throat> if everything went away, I would be okay. But now that I'm a single woman, especially supporting three children, I have to keep my money coming in, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's kind of a... but. In the same breath, what I'm doing now, I really love. Like the podcast, for example, I've really enjoyed. And I do feel like because I live in Nashville, I can kind of separate a little bit and I go back to a really normal, peaceful life. And so I actually think I have a really good balance with everything right now. I think that's great. Yeah. And being on TV, sometimes I feel like we get a version of you. Like you said, everyone's, I just learned that you weren't like the most confident girl in high school. And it's helpful to hear you be able to kind of like debunk those myths about yourself through time. What is something you feel like people don't understand about you that you wish you could just like set straight and they understood like who Kristen Cavallari is? Well, I think there's obviously a lot of sides to my personality. I do have that like fiery go getter part that Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people do see. Mm -hmm. I also can be very shy and very reserved. I'm a homebody. I recharge by being quiet and having alone time. And I I just think people would be surprised at what a normal life I live. Like people always assume I have chefs and nannies and butlers. It's like I don't have any of that shit, you know? And yeah. so I think um, – I don't know. I think I'm way more normal than people probably think. No, I love that you're explaining that because I think also like you could be in L.A. going to all the places, getting paparazzi all the time. Like it's it takes someone to like specifically try to like maneuver the world and not be photographed all the time. And there's ways to do it. There is. Yeah, there Um, is. But it's cool that you're like living in Nashville. You because isn't your house like not. Yeah, I'm actually like 35 minutes outside of the city, like out in the country. So you're living a pretty normal life when you're there. Yeah, I am. And the other thing, too, is like I'm not 
seeking press. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, I just did this video for my company with Mm -hmm. Tyler Cameron Mm -hmm. for Uncommon James, which I knew would get press, but that's different. That's for my company. I'm not, like, out there trying to, like, be in the press and be in the media and, like, only date someone famous. And, like, I'm not – I don't think like that. And so – and I think because I am in the press a lot, like, and I actually roll my eyes at that shit. I'm like, how the fuck are they creating a story out of nothing? I actually just had to, like, talk myself off the ledge the other day, the other day because I was like, okay, look at it this way. At least you're being talked about. People right. care. It's right. like, you know, I have to just kind of, like, turn the narrative around in my head because otherwise I'll drive myself insane. Do you think it's helped you, though, that you have now this brand that, like, now you're not just fully – it's yes. not all about Kristen and who she's dating and your love life and your social life because yeah. that's what it originally was. Yeah. And now you have something you're like, no, this is my business. Yeah. And this is, like – something that's completely independent of who I'm dating. Yes. And that's how I can justify it. I'm like, well, if people are talking about me, my company benefits. And so it's all good. It's all good. Totally. Yeah. Kristen, (laughs) thank you so much for coming on Call Her Daddy. Thanks for having me. You're amazing. Oh my God. We're going to have to do it again. This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Want $0 delivery fees? Try Dash Pass by DoorDash. Daddy gang, I love being home. I love to be cozy, comfortable, laying on the couch. I can't tell you how many times I need something, but I am too lazy to get up and get out of the house. And sometimes I need food or groceries, you name it. Dash Pass gets it delivered right to my door and yours too. It is only $9.99 a month. So I think it's a really good deal, Daddy Gang. So get $0 delivery fees on eligible orders with Dash Pass and new members get a 30-day free trial. Terms apply. Sign up today.